Okay, I'm pretty much uh, okay. close as I can so get. Maybe Mark, I should talk louder. Mark needs or? to talk loud. Yeah. Or can is there any way to turn? Yeah. Mark's the number two thing. Okay. Seems low. That's all. Uh -huh. I'm. I totally just panicked. Sorry to bother you. <laughs> so, sorry, is, is the number two fader all the way up? Someone um, knocking. Come it in. It is all the way up. Come, come in. And, and, and the red function at the very top of the channel, the gain, where is that? The gain, the very top, is on, um, you know, where it says M, M2? It's um, on, I can't see it because it's too dark, but it's... Yeah, like it's like two. It's like two o'clock. Oh, okay. Hello? Okay. Yeah, that sounds better. Okay, oh, Okay, can you hear me? Uh, this is yeah, kind of how I normally talk, much and... Better. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks Thanks a billion. Bye. Okay. How you doing? My name is Dr. Lisa. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about you. Come on in. It's okay. Hey! Hi, Mark. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa gives a shit, and I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. Okay, so we're having, I'm just, I'm just going to be, um, you're not hearing? No, but it's okay. I'm just going to be um, uh, candid and say we have a little bit of a shit show here. Uh, I uh, had to... Somebody was using this studio, and then uh, it made me nervous, and you know how neurotic I am. I pa panicked a little when I got back on, and then I called Tom, and Tom fixed everything, and we're good now, but uh, I didn't tell our guests that we're being shadowed today, uh, and who are we being shadowed by? Come here. It's a good-looking guy. I don't know, but you can shadow me anytime. Tell us about your show. Go ahead. It's it's another show. You know, we just started season four, so we have another show here. And uh, one of the new people, whose name is Steve, he's going to tell you all about it. Okay, come come on. Hurry up! You, we're having dead air. You can't fuck around. This is Dayron. My show is going to be called Kicking It With The Joneses. It's going to be a hybrid show. We're going to be talking about music, politics, just everything in general. Okay, tell them the time. Oh. <laughs> when? What day? What time? Come on, man. All right, it, it will start November 15th. The time is going to be every Tuesday, 6 to 7. Okay. And if he screws up the tech, you can yell at me, I guess. Okay. So anyway, uh, welcome. Sit over there. That's Mark. Mark Dean Vega, who is our guest today. Uh, and uh, anyway, let's focus on Mark because uh, I am so excited that uh, Mark Dean Vega is here. It's kind of it, I feel honored. Um, I do. I really oh, do. I nice. feel honored that uh, because Mark got in touch with me, knowing that he was coming to New York and he wanted to like. Uh, you know, hang out and see some of our old friends and stuff like that. And I was honored and flattered, Mark. I want you to know that. Wow. I couldn't be happier. Um, so the deal is, I'll just explain to you a little bit how I know Mark. I've known Mark since 1996. Yeah, roughly. And uh, he, I w uh, Mark and I were in this sort of uh, 
program for sort of fledgling, not quite fledgling, but artists that were wanted to learn how to market their work called Artists in the Marketplace Program. At that point, it was run by Jackie Battenfield. It was um, really, really special. It was a real special program to be in, and that was a very special year. And uh, there were, what, maybe... 12 people in the program? Something like that. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but um, we became really tight, tight-knit group, and we would have meetings every week on our own, and we wound up doing this really awesome show together called Take This Job at Shove It at Here Arts Center. And um, so it's almost like we're, we're sort of, it's almost like we are college, Almost like uh, college friends on a certain level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And um, so Mark... Mark is one of the people who probably has done Mark I think in our year you might have been you might have done the best art career wise. I really think well, so. Is that possible? Career wise? I don't know. I think I came into it maybe with a little bit more than the other guys, but then I know that like I know that Lane Twitchell, you know, did really well at, mm-hmm. at that time and his work really changed and but yeah, I mean, but, I had already yeah, had a show yeah. at the drawing center at that point. Yeah, and, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing is, Mark is actually super crazy talented. Oh, I mean, shuck, that kind of that kind of that kind of actually helped. <laughs> um, so um, his work is really interesting. I'm uh, I'm going to have him tell you about it um, because uh, I could do that, but it's much less efficient um, on the uh, Facebook page announcing mark and um you can see his work there and his website and stuff like that if you're listening and you don't know his work and you want to see it but um it's just really great and one of my um memories of mark like you know like really really making a, a home run for the team was uh he was he got the um what do you call it cafeteria cafe the the entire cafe to do a, a full-on installation throughout the, in the all four walls but it did was you the see? walls the floor the ceiling you're talking about ps1 greater ps1 New, the first, the first greater, greater new york, new york yeah. show yes yeah, so that was like that was like to me that was like the crossover into the big time for you mm. but i don't know so mark tell us a little bit like about where your work and your career are now because i don't really right. you know i don't know all the details Okay, well, thanks, Dr. Lisa. <laughs> so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so super much excited. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this whole trip, you know, I just I came out to, to sort of reconnect. I haven't been in New York in a couple of years. And sort of where I'm at in my career right now, I, I have, you know, a, a few sh- different kinds of shows up in LA. It's been a real busy summer with doing big installations at different, uh, different venues, uh, large to small. But I, I don't. I'm not represented by a gallery at the moment, and so that's kind of what it's been about. Um, this sort of uh, fall, actually, is really c- trying to show some new work, trying to reconnect with f- people. Let me. Can mm-hmm. I ask you a yeah, question? Yeah, yeah. I find that I find that really interesting because I mean I know how powerful your work is, and I know that um, how well regarded it is, and you've shown it a lot in museums, right? Yeah, I've had yeah, I've had a, a my share of uh, museum and you shows. and you and I met. Is it you know? I'm wondering why you don't have a gallery. Is it because the work is m- more public and it's not what you normally? Ha- I mean, it could easily be in a gallery. Or why the well, fuck don't you have a gallery? <laughs> well, it doesn't mean, make any fucking sense. Well, thank you. Well, it's it's that's kind of been the the topic. It's kind of you know. I I had a gallery in New York. I showed here. Uh, 
uh, early 2013 with Kristen Tierney, who I love, and uh, you know, that she ended up taking on a partner uh, in her gallery, and and so I don't know that may have been the reason that we you know mm-hmm. kind of stopped working together, and then. I was showing with Western Project in LA until about a year and a half ago when when they closed after like a 12 year run. And I think this is this is what everyone's been talking about is how the sort of mid-level galleries are closing. It's and there's in New York as well. I can't remember the the one gallery that, you know, uh, everyone was really surprised closed, but the market has just been really really sort of rough for the last year or so. Okay, so Mark, you're making all of us feel better because you're at like the top. We don't even think of you as like the in the middle level. We think of you as like the top level. Wow. And if you're having that problem, then like the rest, then then it's, yeah. Then the well, rest of it, everyone's having yeah, that problem. But you're having, I'm shocked you're well, having that problem. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, no, but it's it's true. When and and when this happens, obviously, when when galleries like that close, then that puts more people out looking for yeah. you know opportunities, and it makes the competition even harder. Mm-hmm. And so, supposedly, you know, the the real, uh, you know, the the just the starting out level galleries uh, are you know they're able to get by because their overhead is so low. And then the the high end galleries, obviously, they can sell one artwork and they could buy their whole building, you know. Right, so, right, uh, right. Of so course. they don't have that. It's not as affected by mm-hmm. fluctuations. And also people are, you know, the, the blue chip, the high end stuff is more of an investment. So there's more of a market and, and all that, you know. Right, resale value. But yeah. also, um, don't you think part of it is that the um, cost, because of the art fair craziness, that the cost of mm. running a gallery mm-hmm. has Absolutely. gone up because you can no yes. longer just have a storefront. Yes. Right, yeah, and I was thinking about that too. This, Stupid. There is, because, you know, sort of the popularity of the art fair is happening all over, and uh, and also uh, the advent of the internet and just other things and the economy, you know, the, the struggling economy, mm-hmm. but definitely those galleries, those middle-level galleries can't afford to do all that stuff. Yeah. And it, but you have to do it if you, you know, so it's kind of a catch twenty two. Catch twenty two. Yep. So, um, well, if it got your ass into the East Coast, then mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, can you explain your work a little bit? It has so many. It's, it's. Let me just say this: it's fun. It has um, often a comic book sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want people to understand. I want you to explain it, but I want people to understand that it's a kind of work that anyone that is so likable. I mean, it is. It's not. It's not like simple work, but it's a kind of work. It's not like what the fuck is that? Mm. It's a kind of work you look at, and whatever it is, it's very relatable, and it has always has a very strong and positive, like fun. It's. Fun. That's what the <laughs> word is. Mark's work is fun to look at under any circumstances. It's just pure fun. So you go and explain it. Well, I mean, just sort of like, you know, taking off from that point, I, I do remember specifically when I was pretty young that I wanted my work to be something that could be enjoyed by people that didn't have an art education or people that did or, you know, I wanted it to be able to be enjoyed by, uh, you know, a lot of different audiences and not be exclusive like so much of, of art is, and, and the art world is kind of built on, on exclusivity in that way, you know. That, um, but I've always, I was a big fan of, like you said, well, comic books as a kid and pop culture. And then, you know, when I went to art school and sort of discovered what pop art was, specifically 
Ed Ruscha was a huge influence, and just thinking or, or seeing that, that that could be art, whereas I didn't really know anything about art at that point. But yeah, I and mean, that's been always been part of what I like <laughs> and, and has influenced me. Uh, yeah. So did you have, um, how did you get involved in art as a kid? Did you have um, artists in your family or what did your parents do? I forget. I know we've well, had this story, yeah. this conversation, well, but. Uh, yeah. So my, my dad uh, is a musician. I mean, he's an engineer, but he, as a, as a young person, he was a trumpet player and, and he lived in, grew up in New Orleans and he was a jazz musician. And that's really what he probably should have done with his life has just done that. But of course his parents, you wanted him to do something practical. So he became an engineer. Do you think he could have made a living? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Sure. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and he, you know, he still plays. And when I was a kid, he would be playing gigs on the weekends and, you know, oh, all wow. that stuff. That's so cool. And I think my mom had some talent, uh, for drawing and, and, but yeah, so, and they always really encouraged me. And, and when I was, I, re- I remember specifically being in the second grade and, and copying a drawing from some magazine or something. And the other kids going, Ooh, you're, uh, you're a good artist. You could draw. Right. Yeah, you're you good. Could draw. So you know, that strokes you your ego, right? Yeah, right? And it sort of gives you an identity. And I'm like, oh, really? That's all. Oh, I'll keep doing this because that feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I just kept doing it. And I, and I always, I think it also fit my personality to just sort of be in my room with, with like mm-hmm. a friend drawing or something instead mm-hmm. of, you know, being super gregarious and doing something, mm-hmm. you know, very public. Mm-hmm. And, um, what else is going to say? Um, so, um, yeah, so drawing was something that you always did as a kid. And um, I, had a, I had a question, and then I lost my train of thought, so let's just go, let's yeah. just go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, I wanted to say also, you know, you seem your Mark for, has an incredibly, has created, you've created a very stable, what appears to me as a very stable life for yourself on your own. Mm-hmm. And I find that really impressive because uh, you don't see it in a bunch of creative, you don't see it in every creative person. And I think that is a gift that uh, you have somewhere uh, in your nature, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which I think has really helped f- fuel your career. Is it, Would you say so? Yeah, and, and you know, actually, it does go back to my parents in a way too, because they had a retail store when I was a kid. So it was a women's clothing store, but I, I, it kind of showed me this whole side of the world about buying and selling, and and sort of inspired me in, into sort of more of an entrepreneurial mm. spirit, and right. and so that uh, that may have something to do with it. Uh, and then I also, you know, I, I ended up working for a lot of galleries uh, as mm-hmm. a young artist and sort of mm-hmm. learning that business and seeing how things work mm-hmm. and, uh, and treating it like a business on a certain level, you know, as far as, you know, right. your taxes and all that. So, right. um, And but, you grew yeah. up in California, yeah, right? Yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area and I went to art school at Otis in LA mm-hmm. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, that must yeah. have been fun. It was, yeah, definitely, yeah. And then I, but I, you know, and then I moved to New York in '91. And Do you know people from that time? Yeah. Who yeah. Who were you in school with? Oh, let's anyone see. Any, we would have heard anyone of. Anyone you would have heard of? Yeah, I'm trying. It's a good question. Um, from my class, uh, no one's coming. Well, look to it mind, up. You know what? But... <laughs> what? I'll get my producer to like get back okay. to us on there that. You go. Okay. Yes. Get, uh, we, yeah, because you it. know we we have a big staff here, and I'll just get somebody on that. But one of the things about Mark that really impresses me, Mark, is that you 
from at least from my, my vantage point, have like uh, married an awesome person mm-hmm. and have had a really like uh, w- I don't I don't know how to put it like pro- not just productive but enriching. Mm-hmm. It seems like mm-hmm. you guys have really uh, been such a great team and have made a great life together. Yeah, you know. Thank you. Yeah, she's great. Lauren's great. And she, when we met, she was sort of more in the corporate world. And, uh, and, but by the time, like a few years later, that was sort of, you know, it was in the tech world and it was kind of what she was doing was kind of being phased out. And it just dovetailed with sort of uh, the work that I was doing. And finally, that's, that's the point where I was able to actually start making a living from my work. And that's actually also around this, the time that my son was born. And so these things are like... Um, Luca. Yeah, Luca. And it's just sort of... I don't know. It's just it's interesting how that happened. I don't know if it just happened accidentally or coincidentally or if we made it happen somehow by because we had to. But... Um, it, yeah. it, it, like, it worked out. It probably... I bet there's some kind of like... You know, sensibility that you two, you know, probably like really supported each other and it kind of fell into place. You probably read the yeah. you probably read the tea leaves without knowing it on some yeah. level. Yeah. Right? That yeah. happens to yeah, people. And, you know, and, and Lauren was always has always been super supportive. So that helps a lot, you know. Right. And and actually the other interesting thing is um so this this thing that when when I remember before <laughs> story about like when Lauren and I were just going out. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and How did you guys meet? Well, we met through mutual friends here in New York when I first moved here. Mm-hmm. And did she have artist friends? She did. Yeah, she had some artist friends. And, and actually, one of them was a guy that I went to school with. And, uh, so, uh, at Otis? Otis? Yeah. Oh. And he was living here. Shout out to... Bra- uh, Bradley Greer. Jay Bradley, Bradley Greer. Greer. Is he yeah. still doing art? He, I think so. But he's also a high school art teacher. And he lives oh. kind of uh, near, near where I do. Oh, nice. Uh, but... So Lauren and I would go to openings because she would, you know, we were a couple and she'd want to go, you know, we'd be opening, she'd want to go, right? So, right. But it would always made it, I always felt uncomfortable because I felt responsible for her happiness when we go to these openings, right? right? So you right, couldn't just, right. you know, and so it was just, and then I also didn't really like, oh, what do I, who do I talk to? Like, what, should, I'm just trying to force something to happen, right? Right. But then when our son was born and she was staying home with him and I would go to the openings by myself. I was able to just go wherever you know. You could you could go all the way across town and spend five minutes somewhere, and then and then go somewhere right, else if it, right. nothing was happening. So actually, that's when things really kind of took off for me. And as far as the the networking aspect of it goes, which right. which was something that led directly to that PS One show that you were talking about. Oh, and it was an AIM artist too. It was Marietta Hoferer. Oh yeah, who I saw at a at an opening in Brooklyn at mm-hmm. Larry Walzak's place. Oh yeah, and we saw Larry last oh, weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, shout out Larry. <laughs> and he's and she said, "Oh yeah, did you uh, drop off your slides to?" PS One, the deadline is tomorrow, and oh, I had, wow. and I knew nothing about really? it. Really? Yeah. So I got my slides together the next day, brought them in, wow. turned into that show, which yeah was one of the a kind of a real spectacle, you know, a big kind of a spectacle. Oh, it was thing great. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, it was. I mean, it was great curation of giving you and and getting get of seeing you in that space, and it was great work. So, um, but yeah, it was really good. It was a great show, wasn't it? All yeah. along, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was. A I real, think Beth a Campbell show. was in that show. Hmm. I think that's the first time I saw her work. I'm a huge fan of hers. Yeah. But anyway, um, 
So, so that's interesting, though, that, um, you know, networking is definitely part of it. But networking is part of every, mm-hmm. every, yeah. and, you know, politics, people say politics is part, it's, politics is just finding uh, people you, you know and get along with. So, Luca, how has, um, what's it like being, what's it like being a, a, a dad? What's, is Luca um, interested in art or like, how does he, uh, what's his, what's his role in, you know, in your world as an artist? Well, you know, he's for ne- us other artists. Yeah. Well, he's never been that much into visual art per se. He was, he was into music for a while playing guitar and he's always been into sports. He's a big soccer player. He's, he mm-hmm. plays on two teams and he's very good. And, uh, but you know the, the the sort of the the thread the through line I guess would be the fact that he is he does maybe have more of that entrepreneurial spirit where he mm-hmm. has his own he's starting his own streetwear line that's what, wow that's, yeah. really so he does, he has, how uh, old is well, he shout out to Madolescent Madolescent dot com there's a plug right oh yeah <laughs> so what's that that's, that's his, his that's his brand and he has Mad Madolescent M A M A D just like adolescent with an M on the beginning oh that's awesome. Yeah. So him and his buddy Isaac Ray, and they have, uh, they make, te- they design their own shirts and they print them, you know, and and they're picking up some hats. They're going to be dropping some, some hats, some caps. How old is soon. he now? He's a, he's seventeen, almost seventeen. And so he's a junior. In a, he's a senior now. Senior. Actually, yeah. And how did he? I should. He, he's the one who's <laughs> clearly now we're getting to the point. He should right. be on here. <laughs> how did time. he get started? Um. Well, he just. They just, I guess, you know, they had an idea. He's been into the the streetwear thing mm-hmm. for a while, and I, you know, I've actually exposed him to a lot of people in that world because I right, know a lot of people your work, in that world. And I remember you. I remember early on, you were in the uh, collection of the head guy at Nike and stuff like that. Right. And you made Nike sneakers, which Phil still has. Oh right, custom That's great. sneakers. Cool. Yeah, he loves those yeah. sneakers. Oh good. So, but yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, my, our friend Stash, who was w- yeah, at Subwear and Recon, and then, you know, um, I did stuff for Nike, for Hurley, and uh, this other brand, Mishka, w- was one of Luca's favorite brands. And, oh, wow. And I actually helped him get a job working for one of the owners, Greg Rivera. Um, so yeah, so he's learning that, oh, he's kind of learning that trade, which is that's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And... Um, he makes money on this. Yeah, and well, how, where, where does how does he get the stuff made? Well, they 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 buy the shirts and they screen they do it they do it all themselves like it's all very wow. hands on. So they they screen print the shirts you know in the in the studio and they design it on in you your know. studio. No, they just either at at, at our house or at Isaac's house. <laughs> the studio, you know, the studio, <laughs> the factory at their fact yeah, the at factory. their factory, right. their big the factory. Yeah. Well, they have a fa- what do you mean they have a factory? <laughs> it's a business. That's right. So. Uh, yeah, and they have you know they have an mm-hmm. intern and uh, an intern. Know, Danahi is do, the intern. Do 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 you do you think is he going to go to college? Is well, Luca that's the big question college? right now. You know that's that's been a big topic of conversation. I think mm-hmm. that he's not that excited about going to college because he doesn't have a subject in, per se that he's that crazy about studying right now. Right. And we're trying to push him into like maybe doing yeah more on the entrepreneurial tip for college mm-hmm. programs which they do have so mm-hmm. we're proceeding as if uh and we're going to see what happens and if he ends up deferring a year or or not going i mean that i'm not going to you know force him to go obviously but mm-hmm. he's you know he's got all the the grades and everything he needs so it's a kind of up so to he him. does well in school he's always done very well yeah he's got a wow. 4.0 in uh, in high school and 
So do you yeah. think one of the things that he's gotten, because you've are you been kind of a work-at-home dad? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. So have you been around him more than Lauren day to well, day? It, it depends. I mean, uh, there were times. I think that's one of the other keys to the success in certain ways is that we've been flexible enough to trade off when we need to, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I have to travel somewhere to do a show, then she's at home with him mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like if she goes off to do a birth, you know, she's a doula. Right. And so she'll be gone to do uh, oh, a yeah, delivery could for be a, could be a few days. days. And then right. I'm you know, home. So that's, I think, been really good for him. And I'm home in the studio every day, you know, unless I'm on the road somewhere. You mm-hmm. know? So do you think that part of what Luke is uh, absorbing is maybe a good work ethic? Well, I hope so. I, I mean, it's, you and- know, I, I, maybe. I hope so. I hope <laughs> or, so. Or- well, Lauren, Lauren, is actually, Lauren is a very hard worker. And she's always been a good, like, a good example in that way. I'm, I'm always like... I'm always at least in the studio. Like I'm not like sitting in front of the TV or anything. Right. But I'm not as I always. I never feel as productive as I could be. You know. Although well, I don't know. I people say like... I work hard, so I, I don't know. I, guess I think I, I think that people. I think everybody <laughs> feels that way. It's also like weird as a creative person. Sometimes I think that there's, um, like if you're working on something creative, you're living with it constantly, mm-hmm. and so um, you. You you actually aren't doing anything, mm-hmm. or you're doing mm-hmm. something else. But mm-hmm. some, you know, it's like if you added up all the times you had an idea and wrote them all down, and that would right, probably, yeah, you could actually rationalize a few hours of work. Well, the, you know what? Actually, I, I what I say is that I'm I'm always working and I'm never working. You know, because yeah, right. it's like I'm when I'm when I'm working, I'm really just doing what I want to do. Right. So that's not right, work. But, right. you know, but even my time off, I'm thinking about it or, or you know, like you right. said, you know, it's the ideas. So it's a uh, lifestyle. Yeah. It's yeah. truly yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah. So is uh, so um, so that so that must be really fun to see uh, some of that stuff reflected in Luca. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're probably right. Yeah, it's it's probably just him seeing me doing something that is not the, the typical nine to five thing, mm-hmm. I think is probably you know, inspired him to, to go for that kind of right. thing as well. Yeah, he's modeled it. Is he like, does he go to a lot of sh- like your shows, your openings and stuff? You know, has he well, done that? He hasn't been going as much just because he's super busy and, you know. He has, with, his, with, own, he has yeah. his own, he's got his, he's got his own business. He doesn't need, right. you know, he can't, you know. he can't be fucking around with his parents. <laughs> but, you know, he's, yeah, he's got a, he's a car and girlfriend and he's got, you know, soccer and all that other stuff. And A car and a girlfriend. Yeah. Whoa. I know. So, but, you know, you know, we would go, like, I would take him to Comic-Con and we would do all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which was really fun. But now he's kind of, yeah, he's got his own thing. But is he like, look, there? does he, do you think, like, does he get, is he like, look, my dad, you know, go to like an art opening and does that inspire him? You think like one of your shows or something like that? Or uh, is it just something he takes for granted at he this probably, point? Probably takes it for granted on a certain level, but I'm, mm-hmm. I, I I think that uh, he appreciates it and and, and gets it and sees. Mm-hmm. But he, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing, like I know that. Well, speaking of this whole thing about you know growing up the son of an artist is that yeah, it inspired this this uh, sort of other mode of of working. But he also sees the struggle, you know, because it mm-hmm. is a constant struggle. So I think he's much mm-hmm. more interested in making money than. Than mm-hmm. I was because I my parents always said you know just do what you want don't worry about the money and just do what you love mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we get by and it's always like, you know, some we never know where the next check is coming right. from or the next sale is coming from. But I, I guess we've gotten used to that over the years. And But I think that he is sort of more interested in in making a, a better... Doing, doing better. Doing he better. He wants to do better. Yes. He, as, yeah. And make a, he, maybe have a little more security than, and, and you know, luxuries well, I'm, and, I'm, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm guessing also that um, he sees, even though he may not care whether maybe no matter how it affects him i'm sure he sees that it stresses you guys out just like it does exactly any and i want to say that's true of any not just like if you're a a painter artist person but anybody that has a freelance business of any kind really you know whatever it is and by the way nowadays even if you have a job, that's not security, right? This is true. <laughs> you can, uh, so you can, and <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. So you know, people like now, if you if you have a job and you lose your job, and then you got to find a new job, and that sometimes <laughs> can be really hard. And for me, I've Very never hard. had to find a job because I've never really had a job, right? You know what I mean? So right. it's just my normal kind of existence, right? You know? Right. I've never really had a full time job ever. So that's um, we, that that is pretty cool that you've managed. But, I've had, no, part, I I've mean, had part-time jobs. I told but. you he was a good artist. <laughs> um, but um, so I, I'm going to just remind people that uh, they're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn and that uh, it's Dr. Lisa on Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit with my guest, um, accomplished artist, painter, uh, Martine Vega from L.A. So... Um, so so let's see if we can get to the therapy part mm. of this of the session. Okay. So um so how is there I mean your life in many many ways sounds completely ideal. You have a lovely <laughs> wife, a hard working child, a uh a really great extremely established and rich career. But uh so what is your like trip to New York or is anything being brought up for you or no but actually you know you know i will say this about that that um yes the, the problem with that okay yeah everything is great there's i have everything to be thankful for and yeah. actually when you do have all of those things and you and you're still depressed <laughs> that's you know that it makes it actually worse in a way because you're like you can't point to like you know some terrible thing that is like you know yeah. it's like, then you feel even i don't know so i i do get actually i've i've suffered from depression, depression and and i think that it's m- actually this whole believe it or not seasonal affective disorder even ah. it, even in LA that I, it's been getting worse over the years LA even yeah. Well, you know, as far as the seasons. Yeah, we no, have no, I get of, it. We have plenty of it. sunshine. You know, people think wow. that maybe it's... Yeah, I didn't... Th- I'm just shocked because I didn't think that seasonal affective disorder happened in L.A. I just right. thought everybody was walking around all happy and blonde Well, I don't know, but I've, it's, I think that's what affects me, and it seems to get worse every year. And, mm. and I'm, I remember living in New York and, and just... I, I I can't I just I can't stand the holidays. I hate the holidays. Mm-hmm. Even though my son was born on Christmas Day, which mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's but I think it's not the holidays. I think it's my sort of depression that I would go into every fall or winter mm-hmm. and and I I've, I've mm-hmm. noticed it more and more and really tried to get a handle on it this year. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Do you don't think there's anything like in your background like with your family did did you have pretty happy Christmases? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. I always remember Christmas and the holidays being really fun and really nice. But 
I I think that there may have been some depression in yeah, definitely it was, you know, my grandmother or different you know, and there's you What know. about your what about your grandmother? Well, I just know that I remember she especially towards the end of her life, she was she was really had a hard time and had a lot of uh she was on a lot of medications and she was just didn't seem she was very unhappy, you know. And as a little kid she was she was great and then she kind of seemed to yeah, weather. Just, yeah. Is weather a good word? Well, I guess I don't know what it was. I honestly what don't know. What kind of illness do you know? No. Probably I don't. just old age, physical, Maybe, mental. But it seemed like it was something that kind of happened mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't that gradual. Do you uh, remember her as being part of the joy of Christmas when you were a kid? Well, they didn't live near. I don't think we spent Christmases with, with, with that part of the family. They were in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. We would visit them once in a while, or they would visit us. Um, so, how if she wasn't around, then how did her decline affect you? I think it was just sort of seeing the change, the dramatic change, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it was more gradual than I know, but it may be because we didn't see each other that uh, often. That so, what to did you more... go there one time, and you were like, "What happened to Grandma?" Um, you know, I don't remember that mm. specifically. No, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know the, the holidays just, uh, yeah, it just became, I, I honestly think it was more to do with, with this seasonal with, thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't so, know. so have you ever been a, are you an antidepressants? No, I, I've been trying to take other routes, uh, with, you know, other like supplements and sort of mm-hmm. more natural mm-hmm. remedies mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm not. I'm not even qualified, literally, as a psychotherapist, and much less qualified to prescribe drugs. But I know that. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan, and a lot of people. I was just having this conversation last weekend where everybody was like, "Oh my God, if it wasn't for anti, thank God for antidepressants." Um, but I do, I do appreciate, and I, and and I think it's quite poss- quite likely that it. I mean. A, that it is a physical chemical imbalance as mm-hmm. opposed to like mm-hmm. you know something wrong or right. some because okay, it yeah it's not really linked to any circumstance yeah so um and and it would make sense that it would be any kind of depression well, would get worse as as we all get right. older right because yeah, that I just, just compounds itself so the, why are well, you the, the symptom is just sort of like I, I sometimes end up just like being like a zombie where I I. I know I have so many things to do and that need to be done and work to do. And it's just like, I'm just like staring at this list of things and just, you know, finding it very difficult to even tackle, you know, the, the easiest one, you know. So you, you, you have a hard time getting motivated or yeah. moving. Yeah, or, I mean, and does that, in, does that extend to like even getting out of the house or anything like that? Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. definitely like, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want to go do any anything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm just being, I'm being candid for mm-hmm. whatever I know, mm-hmm. um, antidepressants. And it seems like you, you think so too. I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, that seems like the obvious answer. So, um, what, what, what is it that you're, 
you're not comfortable taking them? I mean, not that you're no, alone in that. No, I, I think that it's more like, well, let's let's try everything else first. Okay, yeah. just, just as far as like side effects and all that. And and so I'm doing all this other herbal stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. St. John's Ward and, mm-hmm. you know, vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And, Is uh, that new melatonin. that you've been trying that? Well, I, I did it last year. And then I this year I was like, I'm, I sort of doubled down on it when it got to, I started feeling it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it really helped. Also, like, you know, light therapy. Yeah, um, I was going to say yeah. that. I got and, one of those yeah. things. Have you yeah, used that? I, oh yeah, yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, and I, you know, and I also exercise and, and exercise trying, you know, a lot. So I hike actually up in the hills oh, where I wow. live. It's really, you know, really, really nice place to mm-hmm. uh, to hike. So I try to do that every mm-hmm. morning if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. your motive it motivates you to do some take charge of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what about light therapy? Because I got one of those things, mm-hmm. and it, I thought it helped because I thought I got that too. Did, did, did Does that help you? It's it's hard to say, you know. I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, I – it takes – obviously, it would take a while for it to start having an effect. It's not just going to be instant. But, right. And it's gradual. I don't know. Like, it's, it's also I'm doing all these other things at the same time, so I don't know which one is right, the most effective. Right, right, right. But, right. you know, it's it's easy enough just to put that on for mm-hmm. an, an hour or whatever while I'm, you know, doing, doing what, other stuff. And, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, yeah so. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I kind of, um, you know, I was an inpatient on a study on uh, depression in the hospital. And uh, I was also, from that, they put me on a, um, a study on Prozac in the eighties, in the very in the early days, mm-hmm. and uh, they really did all these like tests. They did a spinal tap and all these all these tests, and then I had a meeting with the team of doctors that had done all the, you know, I, I don't even I can't even I was in a you know they gave me intravenous stuff and I don't even know I was in literally in the hospital. Uh, and, and, um, you know, it really does seem from everything they said that the way they explained it, that it really is a medical, you know, a mm-hmm. brain chemistry mm-hmm. problem. Sure. So, um, I don't, you know, I mean, and then I started taking de- antidepressants and it really changed my life. Really? No, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I'm, I know there's definitely, you know, a place for it and I, I'm afraid that, it's something that has become maybe overprescribed to for a lot for of people. For a lot of people. A lot of people and a lot of young people. And a I lot, just yes. feel like that's kind of dangerous. Yes. And, you know, I have nothing against, you know, any kind of drug treatment for any problem. Right, you know? right. Is it the easy way? It is the easy way out for a lot of people. It does seem like an easy way out, though. Well, I've been very tempted to do it a, bun- a number of times. Mm-hmm. And does I just, it seem like an easy way out to you? Uh that's not well. That's not the issue for me. If it, if it was an easy way out, and I thought it was it would work, um, mm-hmm. and that it wouldn't have any other effects, mm-hmm. I would be totally. I have no no issue mm-hmm. with it. Maybe it's just uh, I've never pulled the trigger on that. You know, mm-hmm. like um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really think it has. I mean, it hasn't for me. Really. Well, no, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. honestly, um, but yeah. Have you been to um, a therapist or psychiatrist? Uh, we, yeah, we used, I used to go, uh, when I was living in New York. Yeah. Well, you have to, because otherwise you, they make you move out of town if you don't go. Right. Yeah. Especially and that, if and you're you know, an artist. And that, that was actually a really, really good thing. And I, and, and that's another thing that I, when I get into that space with, uh, my head, I, I, I think I need to do that again, but it's just, I guess it's just that thing of just, 
starting it. Yeah, because you know, it's finding like, a person and then going. It's that whole thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, and so it's also it. not cheap, right? You know, right? As we know, yeah. so yeah. Well, um, if if that's your biggest problem, you know how to uh, how to balance your St. John's wart with your light <laughs> therapy. I would say you're doing like damn well. Well, you know, it's. I think it helped, and you know, actually, the, so you know, coming here, you know, is you're. I guess maybe because I'm I'm not in my sort of typical everyday routine. Right. I'm not feeling that at all. Right. But also when I I know I did some I traveled to do a couple of uh mural festivals. I went to this was like last uh last year. I went to Hawaii. Mm, that must have been great. Weeks. It was great, but I was I think I was still depressed. You were depressed time. in Hawaii yeah. on a commi- like it was a huge commission. It, it I'm wasn't sure. huge. It was like I really only worked for a few days and I was there for almost 2 weeks, but and I you was did like, a mural, stay- like how big? Just tell them. Well, okay. Well, it was just like, a, I don't know, it was about nine feet by 40 feet or something. Mm-hmm. But it was a quick, you know, I, I did something simple because I hadn't really done stuff uh, exterior kind of you know, on mm-hmm. the street. And mm-hmm. It's more of a street art festival, mural mm-hmm. I got it. But I mean, I was staying in a great hotel on the beach and I like had to <sighs> force myself to get into the water like one day, you know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was like, ah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Uh. And then also in Tokyo that same year, it was kind of the fall of that year that I, I kind of yeah I went there and it's kind of like uh, yeah Tokyo. I don't know. Mm. Well, you know, we all get such yeah. I mean, it sounds so. We all get these big expectations. Do you do you wind up feeling like um, a lot of pressure on the work? This is what like this is how I would relate to to if if I went there and I was upset. The way that I would my my version would be like. Um, very much the way you're talking about it, like, I can't believe I'm in a nice place, I'm doing this great thing, and I'm so depressed, But uh, which I could easily see myself as. But I would be depressed because I would be thinking that my work sucked, or that they hated it, or that somebody was disappointed in me. I would hmm. be, like, really down. I would be, my self-esteem does, my self-esteem, I'd get stressed, and then my self-esteem would go into, like, a bad place. For, that had no real basis on logic, but I would be dealing with managing that. Right. No, I hear you. Um, do, do you get that? Well, or you're, no, you seem I, pretty confident. Well, I mean, I, th- yeah. I would be confident if I were you. Well, I've, I mean, I felt confident in that I've done a lot of those things. Yeah. And I know, you know, what I'm doing, but it was, I was a little, little stressed about, like I said, doing this thing on an exterior wall. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where the surface is not, you know, I'm used yeah, to doing right. these smooth surfaces, sure. so it was a little bit different. I was kind of had a little ang- anxiety about that, but uh, then it's just kind of thing. You just, I just jump in and do it, and then once I get started, it's Great. fine. Yeah, you know? and you enjoy doing. I mean, you get yeah. lost in it. You yeah. once once you get in the mode, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. it until yeah. you're done, yeah. and it's great. And so you, I just wanted to know. I mean. You were feeling good about the work. That wasn't part of it, right? No, I don't think that had okay, anything to do. Okay, because that would have been yeah. me. I would have been really anxious. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like I don't know. It's it's a strange mm. thing to yeah. you know just sort of. Well, it's you know. also the expectations uh, we all have right. of that. We're supposed to be like, especially like um, you know, you look at somebody who like you who you know has a nice you know nice life, and then everybody's like, "Wow, Mark's killing it. He must be." <laughs> Jumping up and down all well, the know. time, and you know we're we're human beings. Um, do you miss your family? What's it like? Does like traveling without your family? Is that does that uh, 
affect you, your mood in any way in particular? I mean, you're kind of used to it and they're very self-sufficient. I mean, especially your son. He seems like he's in charge there. But <laughs> you're working for I know you're working right. for Luca, but um, right. so what about that? Being no, away from yeah, them? I mean, it's, you know, it's... It was definitely hard when he was little because, you know, you would go away and he would oh, have changed yeah. by the time you came back, yeah. you know, a few weeks later. And, and kids hate it when you're little, when they're yeah. little and you and, go, right? Yeah. It's, and I remember a, a point where I, I felt like I don't want to be away longer than a couple of weeks or something just because of that. And now it's not so much because, you know, like he is much more independent and, uh, and Lauren doesn't have to, you know, yeah, really worry not about the pressure. Taking, you know, not the pressure of you know, doing everything for him and driving him around and doing all and that stuff. And he stays home by himself, right? No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's got his really good friend, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, it would have been great if they could have come. And they both wanted to come on this trip, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, Lauren just went to see her family in North Carolina. And Lucas got school. Yeah, but I and... mean, how how do you feel when you're not there? Is it do, like you went to Hawaii by yourself? Yeah. So is that disorienting? Do you feel less? I mean, I mm. tell you the truth, like the way I picture it for myself, I'd be like, yay, I'm free. <laughs> I'm in Hawaii. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go wild. That's yeah. how I would yeah. be probably. Yeah. But um, well, how is way. it for no. you when you're away? No. Does, do you feel a little bit off? No. I mean, it's, it can be, you know, definitely those, those feelings. Yeah. Being, it depends on like, yeah, definitely when I'm going, uh, and it would be an adventure and exciting. And I don't think that, uh, no, I don't, I enjoy it. You enjoy it. Well, I also enjoy it. Well, I I think it's not, that's not what's put, you don't feel like you're off your pins if they're not there. I, I think that that's another thing about balance. Yeah. That, you know, not only the the work, uh, the taking care of uh, the child and doing all that, but I, I just also I always believed that, you know, couples should have life together and life apart in a yeah. way. And that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And so I, you know, like I said, Lauren just went away. She goes on her trips with her friends sometimes, not as often as I travel, but usually I'm traveling for business. You know? Right. Yeah. No, and, I go yeah. on my own vacations. Yeah. Believe you me, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So here's a question. So did you guys did you guys ever think about uh, having another kid ever? I mean, not that you're going to do that n- anytime now, but I mean, did you make was that a conscious choice cuz that's a really personal question. I'm just going to put it out <laughs> that's there. That's fine. No, you know, I I was definitely like I never really wanted to have more than one. There were pro- Lauren there was probably Were you ambivalent about having one? I mean, I know well, you you know, sure. You know, I, I yeah. remember growing up as a kid and always thinking that that was just the natural thing to do, and that's what everybody did, mm-hmm. and that's what I was going to do. And then, mm-hmm. and then there came a, a point where I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't know. Is that is that really the you know?" You start mm-hmm. thinking about it, and and it. We definitely went through a whole period, especially of as to an artist. That of course, absolutely, yeah. of course. That's a huge part of it, like having yeah, to be responsible for. And I always person. say, my art is my children, mm-hmm. and that's my priority. And I look at the world through that mm-hmm. lens. So, mm-hmm. I mean, art is your, you know, I get it. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, no, so we, you know, uh, but we decided to do that. And then we found out, you know, we're, we're probably, Lauren and I are probably related back in the old country. <laughs> oh, which old country? Italy? Like Sicily, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you have that in common. That makes so much sense. Italians are so yeah. family oriented. Was but, your family, but no, yeah. Well, no, I was just saying, so, but we both have this, this rare sort of Mediterranean blood trait disease mm-hmm. that's called thalassemia minor. And mm-hmm. so it, what we found out 
after we she, you know we were trying to get pregnant oh. and uh we we both we knew she had it and i thought i had it my doctor here in new york mm. told me that i didn't have it and then later he told me that i did mm. but it's a thing it's it's like an anemia so if Luca had a, a 25% chance of getting thalassemia major, in which case he probably wouldn't have survived past, oh. you know, his teen years or whatever. Oh, my God. This was like an anemia. So, and then and there was a 25% chance that he wouldn't have anything at all, and there was a 50% chance that he would be like us. It was just more of like a carrier. Uh-huh. So he didn't, he ended up not getting it at all, which was amazing. But uh-huh. Lauren had to have these tests, like this chronic villi sampling or something, where uh-huh. it's kind of like an amnio procedure, but she had to have the, these oh tests sent off to Johns Hopkins to see, you know, if he had, what what he was going to get. And he, wow. as it turns out, he was fine. But, it, but that also, that would definitely have prevented me from trying again uh. for another child, right? Because he would have, there would have been that possibility. So you're saying that you felt lucky that it worked out the way it worked out. Yeah, and... I mean, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I wasn't necessarily interested in having another one, but that was just sort of the the defining. The, the, you know, that was like yeah. this is sort of like okay, this is the sign that you know we should just quit while we're ahead. Right. You know. Right. But Lauren, right. you know, she's so involved with with kids and babies. Yeah, because Lauren's you know? a doula, and she really. Um, I don't know. You know, there's some women that, like, she seems really like, she's just so naturally nurturing. Yeah. You know, because I remember um, you guys used to have our group over, and Lauren is just the most, I don't know, there's some, I really, um, it's funny, I really have, um, she's somebody that really inspires a lot of uh, warm feelings mm-hmm. in people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Like, she's like somebody that, like, you just connect to, oh, yeah. and you feel everybody like Everybody loves Lauren. Everybody loves Lauren, and you just feel like she's going to take care of you, yeah. no matter who yeah. you are, yeah. well, right? She, Absolutely. It's weird. Absolutely. It's true. Yeah, she's... So she's yeah. obviously got an innate ability to be, like, a nurturer mom and yeah. all that, and she's a doula now, which mm-hmm. is also very much related to mm-hmm. birth. So mm-hmm. she must have really related. So what do you think got her interested in that? Do you think it was her own? Well, it was her own birth. And she had one of our other friends who was actually married to, uh, who is married to Jay Bradley Greer, the guy that I was telling you about who, uh. how we met, right? So his his wife, Adrian, uh, was a doula. I don't know if she still does it. But um, and so that, I think, kind of inspired Lauren to 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 do that. I mean, Lauren didn't have a doula when, when she was pregnant. And mm-hmm. I think she, her birth, she says that she, her birth would have been completely different. I mean, the birth was great. It was fine. Everything beautiful, but, mm-hmm. um, it would have been done differently if she had a doula or had no. So more. she had an experience and she kind of saw how to make it better. Yeah. It affected, it affected her, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And also, I guess all those tests must have, um, heightened her awareness of mm-hmm. it as well. Right. Yeah. So and she then, did something positive right. with that. Exactly. And then, you know, does Lauren ever get depressed? No, she doesn't seem like she ever gets depressed. Does she? I don't think she really gets depressed. Her, her thing is more about like anxiety. And so, uh, you know, and, and, um, so yeah, she's more of, uh, you know, yeah, we, we're different in that way, I think. I, I think anxiety is a form of depression too. Okay. Well, I then get the answer that. is yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't but you know, everybody's yeah. got their thing and, you know, it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. she thinks about 
things and worries a lot, mm-hmm. especially about Luca and about his, yeah, you know, his school and his soccer and his well being and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, it's easier for me just to think, say, well, he's going to be fine. You know? Ah, but she can't sort of let go. She's, of that. But it also probably allows you to yeah. feel like everything's going to be yeah. fine because he yeah. has Lauren as well. That's mom. <laughs> for sure. No, you're absolutely right. I was like, okay, well, she's worrying about it enough for both of us, you know, oh. so I don't have to worry. And she's got the Italian mother thing. Yeah, you know, so, it's, so it works out. That's <laughs> nice. So let's talk about. Uh, we have eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything you want to say, I mean, um, I was just going to ask you if. Being back in New York is evocative for you of anything your early days here. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Of, yeah, I mean, just, what it, what does it make? How 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 do you feel about like what comes to what comes to mind? Well, I just I'll just say like I was you know um, you know we went to march in the Halloween parade ah. me and uh, Daniel Davidson and Trisha Kaylee, your friends, my yeah, friends who I was staying with and and um, so I got there early down by Canal Street uh, where the start of the parade is and. I walked around Tribeca, which is where I used to live in the early 90s Whoa. when I first lived in New York, and I had a studio there on Leonard Street. Whoa. And it was just, you know, and that's actually where Lauren and I first sort of started dating, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of an anniversary for us, Halloween, uh, the, oh, the day of uh, Halloween. Nice. Uh, and, oh. Yeah, it was 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was there and had a shared a studio with Jim Morphesis, who was an artist who was a professor of mine at Otis. Oh, nice! And but that it's just like walking around, and there's not one thing around there that has, uh, like, not one business in that neighborhood that, that's still there mm-hmm. from those days. Right. So that's you know, all gone. Everything sure. is new. Everything is different. And you know, I know that's this is the other like common topic of coming to New York. It's like, can uh-huh. you believe how much has changed? Can you? Look at this. Mm-hmm. This is new. That's gone, and and it's true. And, and it's it, it's it is interesting on a certain level. But then on on the other hand, it's like I don't know. I kind of get tired of that topic. Yeah, you got to move. <laughs> like I always say, nostalgia is for losers. <laughs> no, it, it's true. Well, that's one thing um, I've learned living here is that you know because I've lived here since well as a kid I lived here till I was eight and then I moved back right after college. I've been here forever. Um, and if you don't look forward and like, just, you know, just like, okay, well that changed, but look how great this new thing is. And, you know, and I live in Bushwick now, and that is a big product of gentrification. And, um, one thing you do have to learn, or one thing I think is really important, um, for your mental health, I'll say that, is to really just accept that change and move on. That's a, well, that's not like that anymore because that's not relevant anymore. This is what's new and just move on. Right. And the other thing is that I, you know, have to think that, okay, we all want it to be the way we remembered it, you know? And, and, um, but the people that were like, that had been there before us mm-hmm. must've said the same thing. I mean, things are changing faster than mm-hmm. ever, but you know, even you know, you still hear people talking about how Soho changed from what it was right. in the '70s, and it's like those well, people are still. It's like, yeah, how many y- times can you? you know? I always think of Max's Kansas City because this is an example of Max's Kansas City, uh, which could be the Mars Bar, which could be you know the bottom line, which could be any place. Mm-hmm. When I first moved to New York in 1978, um, I lived like two blocks away from Max's Kansas City. But at that point, no one went there anymore. Mm, mm. Max's Kansas City was over. Mm. And um, so in other words, you could like when it finally got 
I don't know, changed into whatever. It's a bank now, probably. But uh, you just... It wasn't Max's Kansas right. City anymore right. anyway. It died. Like CBGB's yeah. was right. over. Was it wasn't CBGB's. CBGB's right. wasn't CBGB's. Right. So you, things... wanted, you, you wanted to stay there and be there forever, but you don't want to go there anymore. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like uh, in, in Hollywood, I don't know if you know, Musso and Frank is a restaurant that, that it's beloved. It's been there, you know, it's like the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. And it's like mm-hmm. an old school, old world mm-hmm. place. And it's great, and I love the idea of it, but I never go there. <laughs> right. And I don't want it to ever go away. I just want it right, to be there. Right, just right, in case, right, right. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I remember how, I mean, I remember this. It really stuck with me. I would walk into Max's Kansas City, and I would think, like, this is sad. Look how run down <laughs> this place is. I missed all the fun. Right. No, I know. And I never I never went there, but I still, yeah, I have that well, feeling. Well, it's probably, like, oh. you're, you're young, well, a little I just, younger. I just yeah, feel like, mean, that, I, oh, that would have been so great to go to Maxis, Kansas City, but it's maybe not. It's not there anymore. <laughs> I and know. Um, I do see a lot of people um, get stuck in that. And as a creative person, like I always say that it, there's a, you know, there. If you get stuck in your quote, there's a. If you get a heyday and you get stuck in that, uh, it's not good for your work right. at all. Right. And you know, most artists that, um, you know, I feel like I have respect for are people who have like done something great and keep moving on, mm-hmm. um, and progressing. And maybe like Joni Mitchell's a good example of that because she wound up doing like weird jazz and stuff, and maybe she's not as popular although she's a freak now i think whatever i don't know much about her anymore but uh she's old she ruined her her voice through smoking but anyway she was somebody who who i thought well she's doing what she wants what's what's in her she's developing and so uh you know like let's develop and move on that's all that's 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 the key that's a good that's what we're we're agreeing on that Yeah, yeah that's good so we have uh, two minutes left, and um, I just want to say thanks again for being here. My pleasure. And um, I want people to make sure they go to your website and see your work, and um, uh, it's markdeanvega.com, right? That's right. And uh, you can also find it on my uh, Facebook page yeah. and all that stuff. And, and I'll, when I post this, I'll yeah. post. And your is yeah. your Instagram? How yeah. many Would you have like a million followers? Or no, no, well, not yet. Yeah. And um, is there anything you have coming up? Um, maybe even in LA, do you have anything in particular coming up? You probably uh, have stuff going on all the time. Yeah, but. It was really busy uh, summer and fall in LA. Those shows are kind of winding down. So you have stuff but, up now, you know, but nothing yeah, coming up. To, there's nothing, no, not that big know, show coming up. who was on this show? Geneve Gayard? Have you met her? She's so. awesome. Her work is up at the American, African American Museum. That's mm. a new museum out there, right? Mm. Right. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. Yeah, so Just she has uh, a whole bunch of photographs there. There's billboards of her outside and stuff like that. She's a really good photographer, sort of like... Um, in the Cindy Sherman school, but mm. you know, obviously, she's taken it to her own place mm-hmm. and sort of an Afrocentric, great scene. I don't know. You have to go, go see it. Mm-hmm. Mark. I will. I will try. Okay. So, um, anyway, you guys should listen to Doctor Lisa. Do you know that every Thursday, two to three p.m. live. Thanks for spending the time with me, and uh, I hope you. Uh, I hope your mental health is good. Uh, 
And if it's not, go for a long walk. It always works. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Right. It's better than love that's it. better than Prozac. Like I, that's what keeps my my it. shit together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go for a walk. And don't forget about your archive. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. Doctor Lisa gives a shit. 